morning and welcome to Let's Talk. Thank you for joining us for this half hour. Now, Let's Talk. Good morning. I'm Tracy Morgan and welcome to Let's Talk. Always love you being here. This is our time of our day that we get to talk to great professionals in and around the area about issues that are important to you. Of course, your health is of great importance. Today is our day with the Butler Health System, and these days I have looked forward to because I've appreciated all the doctors that we've been able to talk to and and getting updates as we have gone along. So we're going to do that again when we're talking about general surgery, bariatric surgery, things like that. So that's what's going to be our focus. And before we get to that, let me just outline all the different ways that you can listen. Because, of course, you do have us on the radio. Thank you for listening to that. But if you have gone digital, so have we. So you can listen to us online. WISR680.com, and you listen live. There's a button on our website. Or you can download the app that would go on your mobile device. You can listen that way. And then if you have Alexa-powered devices, you just say, Alexa, play WISR680. That should bring us up, and you can listen to us as we're broadcasting for the next many minutes. All right? So those are all the different ways. This will be our podcast of the day, so that you would go back onto our website Pick programs, let's talk, and then look for the Butler Health System. All right, let's do it. Dr. Bill Stripe is with us, and we've talked to him before, general surgery. We've talked about bariatrics with Dr. Stripe as well. Good morning. Welcome to the program. Oh, thank you very much. Good morning, and, and, and same to you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, and and I'm not sure if we've reached the new normal. I think we've just all learned to adjust and figure out how we're living, you know, this week and, and today. Uh, when it came to general surgery, before we get to the update on where you are now in your focus of the hospital, can you give us an overview of what happened to your department in the past couple of months? Sure. So, um, you know, in the region, actually, Butler was uh, the first uh, health system to actually uh, start taking the measures uh, needed to prepare for the coronavirus. So uh, when this first kind of started coming about in January, February, um, you know, we were worried that we were going to have these big spikes um, of people that would need to be admitted to the hospital. They would need ICU care and ventilators um, based upon what we were seeing, you know, in Italy and uh, China and other countries. Um, So we basically kind of shut down a lot of the stuff that we could basically postpone. So from a general surgery end, what we did was we kind of shut down a lot of our elective practice. So people that came in that have hernias or lumps and bumps or uh, things that could kind of be pushed off a couple of months, you know, we did that, um, you know, to basically try to uh, be as safe as possible for those patients. Um, But because we're general surgeons, there are still a lot of people that uh, come in that have issues that need to be addressed. So people that had breast cancer or colon cancer or any other type of cancer that we were going to operate on, we did not make them wait because uh, we didn't want to put them at the risk of having that cancer progress. And of course, we were still open to anybody that was coming through the emergency room with appendicitis or bowel obstructions or infected gallbladders or things of that nature. So um, while we were still working, it was not nearly as busy as it usually is because the elective end was shut down. But the hospital did a great job getting ready in preparation for the coronavirus. We we changed actually our PACU, which is the post-operative recovery unit, and made it into another ICU. We uh, got a whole other like 20-plus ventilators to expand our ICU for an overflow if we needed it. But fortunately, thankfully, this region um, stayed 
very low in our, our corona numbers, and we didn't even come close to getting anywhere near using any of the overflow capacity. So we're very fortunate um, that the virus didn't really affect our region as much, and that's probably because, you know, we're not as population-dense as areas like New York and New Jersey. So um, it's good that, um, you know, things have been on a decline for us. We've been, you know, seeing a, a steady number um, of you – know, we might get a case every every now and then um, – but uh, we don't we don't see it very often anymore. So we're very thankful for that. So folks that you did help, I mean, I'm not saying that they're out there telling their friends, but you know how we talk to our friends and family. Would they have seen a change in how you operated during the past couple of months? And then I'm going to follow that up with, will we see changes again now that we're at this stage? Yeah, so if, if you were uh, seen here in the hospital or treated um, during the time period when we were really in, you know, max uh, precautions, you know, we, we had to go as hard as, you know, for people coming in for surgery, their family members couldn't even come into the hospital. Um, and they were, you know, given their cell phone numbers and they were, you know, updated over the phone, but I, I couldn't even talk to them. Um, in person, you know, even after their, their loved one operation. So that was a difficult time uh, to get through because there were a lot of patients that were coming in that were quite sick um, that they couldn't even see their family members, um, especially to get an operation um, and not even be able to really talk to your surgeon in person really um, made it difficult for, for not only the patients and their family, but also for us, you know, because that's a big part of what we do is, you know, uh, keeping people updated and, and, you know, the comfort of meeting the people that are taking care of your loved ones, um, you know, is certainly a big process. Um, now we're fortunately starting to kind of come out of those, uh, you know, strict uh, restrictions. Um, so now people are allowed to come to the hospital when their loved one has surgery. We bring you to the preoperative area and you get to stay in the room with them. Now, we used to have one big waiting room, which is where everybody used to kind of go out and sit. But now the family member gets to sit in with their loved one and they stay in that room when they, you know, when the patient goes to the operating room and eventually comes back and they get to stay in that room and there's a TV and other things um, uh, that they have access to. And then we get to talk to them in person. So um, we're starting to kind of get back to it. You know, um, you can now visit family members in the hospital, um, even though it's limited to a certain number, at least, you know, family members can come. Um, so the the good news is we're starting to lift those restrictions and, and it's starting to get back to uh, being a little bit more normal. Um, albeit, you know, everyone is still wearing masks um, and things of this nature, but um, at least they can come and be there, which is, which is a big step, uh, a big step forward, you know, from where we were. Would you be able to describe the visitor policy just a little bit more because I think you answered one of my questions I was going to ask is, can more than one person come? But can more than one person at a time come? Or should there only be one loved one in the room at a time? I mean, how, how does that work? And what if, like, the whole family shows up? You know, sometimes that happens, right? Then what do we do? Do we wait out in the waiting room or not? Yeah, so, you know, it, it's, uh, it's a moving target. Um, but as of right now, uh, the current uh, visitation policies... And, you know, this, this could change, you know, any day here in the future. Um, but uh, most patients are going to be limited to, you know, one designated visitor um, that, that can come and see them. Um, you know, and, and it's only going to be one assigned family member, which is, which is a bit of a bummer, you know, because obviously, you know, we have more than one loved one, but there's going to be one person that's kind of designated. Now, other patients that are sicker or, you know, uh, you know, let's, you know, unfortunately, if they're in the situation where they are terminal or something, you know, drastic is happening, then 
more people, you know, families allowed to come and be with them. Um, but on average right now, they're, they're only allowing one patient to come in. They're restricting visiting hours um, from 11 a.m. to about 7 p.m., and they're uh, putting in these rest periods so that patients can, you know, um, you know, not get the needed rest and recovery that they need from two to four. Um, but otherwise, that's the that's kind of where we're at right now as far as that goes. Um, when you come in to the to the entrances of the hospital, they have greeters there uh, to get you a mask if you need one. Uh, there's hand sanitizer. You know, we we have it spread all throughout the hospital to try to you know promote good hand hygiene and you know good social distancing and, and trying to you know make it so that there's not so many you know people in in the room. So that's where the current policy is right now. Um, but you know we're having meetings. Uh, for these committees, these reopening committees, every other week uh, to kind of talk about, you know, the the plan forward and, um, you know, ultimately trying to lift some more of the restrictions, given that our case volume uh, has not been very significant, thankfully. Um, and that's kind of where we stand right now as far as that goes. Dr. Strife, I know that your focus there, general surgery, bariatrics, um, there at the Butler Health System, when you're talking about visitors, are you focused with that answer on general surgery or is that an overall policy? And the reason I ask is I had uh, someone that I knew that had to go up and, and I didn't know if I could visit or not. You know, So is that a whole entire policy for the entire hospital? Yeah, so right now that is the policy for the entire hospital. Um, the designated visitor has to be older than 14, uh, can't, can't be anyone younger. Um, they have to have the same designated vi- visitor for the duration of that stay. So you can't have, um, you know, it's not just one person a day coming in, it's one person for the whole stay. So um, that's part of the difficulty is that, you know, um, it's, it's only one person the entire time that you're there. Um, but that is the current restriction for, for everybody now because they're trying to decrease some of the foot traffic. They could potentially, you know, bring cases in and out of the hospital sure. is, the, is the reason behind it. Are you still giving individuals a COVID-19 test if they're about to have surgery or how are you determining when those tests are given? So right now, the current policy, because of how much access we have to the testing, um, is that everybody is getting tested prior to an operation. And, um, you know, while it seems like a blanket, uh, you know, policy to do that to everybody, the the reason is because if, um, let's say, the first person going into the operating room has the coronavirus, and they've now exposed the entire team that's in that operating room, you know, to that virus as well as the room itself. Then another patient comes in with another team. So then everybody else throughout the rest of that day now has the potential to become exposed to that virus. So the reason that everyone's getting tested is to try to prevent against that. Now there are certain instances where we can't do that. People that need emergency surgery, you just have to do it. And what we do in that situation is we take the necessary precautions to fight against that. So we wear higher end N95 masks, full face shields, um, you know, gowns uh, to protect us against that. All of that is then thrown away. And then the room is sanitized for 20 minutes. They they clean the entire thing and let it sit so that um, they're able to kill the virus prior to us starting the next case. But that's not ideal when you have a lot of cases that need to be done to do that for each case. So that's why everybody is being tested in order to try to do the safest 
operation possible and not expose people to the virus unnecessarily. Well, obviously, you have to be in a sterile environment. It sounds like you're describing some extra precaution measures that have been taken. Will there be a point where you back off of those extra precautions? Is there a new normal for you, or do you go back to a, a, the normal that we had four months ago? What does it look like for you in general surgery? You know, that is the number one question out there. You know, I mean, I, I, I think um, all of us, um, you know, we would uh, you know, like to get back to normal as possible. Uh, but the difficulty is, is that no one really knows what that is going to look like because nobody wants to take that first step to really start lifting the precautions. I think my expectation is that it's going to be, uh, there are going to be consistent restrictions mask wearing, social distancing for quite some time until uh, at least a vaccine or some other type of treatment is around to address the disease. Um, And I think that's going to be the biggest hurdle is that I don't see a lot of things changing for quite some time. So we're kind of adjusting to this new setup um, as best we can. Uh, We know it's inconvenient for patients to get this test. Um, You know, there are a lot of other uh, bodies out there working on better testing, um, you know, that doesn't involve getting a swab, you know, into your nose, which of course isn't comfortable. Um, You know, we're trying to, you know, get those tests created. And then, of course, we're going to try to get them here so that we don't have to, you know, do that. It'll be more of a blood draw to test your serology rather than trying to, you know, culture and grow the virus from, you know, your nasal swab. So, um, you know, the hope is to try to make it easier for patients. Um, But as it stands right now, you know, I I think that this is going to be uh, consistent restrictions uh, for at least the foreseeable future. And I don't think that that's going to be changing anytime soon until there's, you know, a, a a vaccine or, you know, a way to treat it better. Um, So I I think for right now, we're just kind of holding tight and we're just going to keep treating patients and being as safe as we can um, to try to get them the treatment and the surgeries that they need. Um, Because ultimately, at the end of the day, it's really about, you know, taking care of patients regardless of what virus may or may not be around, you know. Nationally, of course, we're hearing these stories around the country that there are hot spots and and numbers are increasing. As you mentioned before, our county doesn't seem to have those numbers, nor had we had them in the first place. I mean, we had a few cases here and there, and and you mentioned that as well. Is there a point where the hospital would be looking at numbers? Not that I'm asking for an exact number, unless you can speak to that. But is there a point where the hospital would um, go back into greater restrictions because they would see an increased number of cases? So, you know, there's always the threat of that, you know, always the discussion of, like, if we have a spike, you know, would we do that? I honestly think that the chance of that happening for our system is uh, pretty darn low. And I think for that number, um, it would have to be a pretty significant surge of cases. And, And by that, I'm talking, like, you know, if I had to guesstimate, if we start seeing, like, 10, 15, 20 new cases each day consistently for three or four days in a row. Then we may look at backing down some of the elective things or or other, you know, parts of the health system that we've opened. Um, But I don't think uh, that that's going to be too much of an issue because even when we were at the height of this, um, we we never came even close, even across the state of using... um, getting close to using all of our ventilators. So in the state of, you know, Pennsylvania, we were kind of in a conglomerate of updating all the hospitals. And um, the last uh, 
sheet that I saw, we only used 30% of the ventilators across Pennsylvania. Um, and that's including Philadelphia and the areas that had a lot more cases than we did. So we never even came close across the region of really being overwhelmed by this virus. So to me, I think that number would have to be significantly high to try to shut down the system again and put another significant impact on it that probably isn't really necessary. Um, so I don't think that that is going to happen again in the future, but of course we have a plan in place should we need to do something like that. Dr. Bill Strife with us, of course, general surgery at the Butler Health System, just kind of giving us an update on where the hospital is right now. Of course, his focus in, is in general surgery. And I'm just wondering, Dr. Strife, how do you get people to move forward? Do you find that your patients are pretty at ease at coming in to get surgery at this point? Because you are open. You know, people are getting surgery, whether it's bariatric or other general surgeries. Uh, or do you have to help them along in understanding that it's okay at this point? Well, you know, the people that uh, come through the door, you know, they're they're kind of ready to go. You know, they're the ones that, you know, they're not concerned about it. They know they need to get their surgeries done. Um, you know, they, they're kind of at ease generally um, as, as it speaks. You know, one of the main things that, you know, kind of wanted to bring up today was the fact that, you know, it is safe to come to the hospital. It is safe to come to the office and it is safe to get these operations because we're taking the necessary steps to make sure that it's safe for you and for our staff and for everyone else involved in your care. And, you know, one of the big things, you know, that we focus on is really patient safety. That's That's been a big theme throughout the hospital system, um, which is why we were the first system to kind of back down on stuff. You know, we we did it before UPMC, we did it before Allegheny Health Network, and that was because patient safety was the most important thing that we had. Um, you know, so that's the one thing that, you know, we want to try to tell people is that even though this is going on, and even though, you know, the hospital may have one or two cases of coronavirus, you know, the chance of you contracting coronavirus from the hospital or being exposed in healthcare is pretty low because we take such aggressive precautions to prevent against that. And ultimately, what we're trying to do is, you know, to get you the care that you need uh, without having to go, um, you know, down to Pittsburgh or, or somewhere else um, that you can get done right here. So, um, you know, we're, we're trying to be as, a, you know, reasonably aggressive without putting too much, um, you know, stress or things that the patient has to do um, in order to try to get it done. And the biggest hurdle is, of course, the testing. You know, uh, there are some people that just, you know, refuse to get the test done. Um, and we understand that, you know, it, it, but it's the only test that we have available to us right now. Um, you know, so we're kind of working with it the best that we can. But it's safe to undergo surgery, and, you know, we're trying to do everything that we can to mitigate any risk, you know, to, to the patients. Anytime that I've had to go undergo a procedure, you always had the opportunity to see the doctor come in or, you know, you had the anesthesiologist throwing you jokes or something to calm right. you down. Because, I mean, f letting COVID-19 aside, getting surgery can be stressful. And all of those moments calm someone down. Are you still able to do that? Are you able to see the patient face-to-face uh, -face or, you know, eye-to-eye -eye before right. they, they fall right. asleep? <laughs> 
Yes, so uh, we do. We still see everybody face-to-face before the operating room, albeit behind a mask. You know, everyone everyone is wearing a mask to try to protect each other. Um, but we are able to come, you know, talk to you in person and, you know, talk to your family and everything in person, and, and, and that's really helped a lot, you know. Um, when we were doing this over the phone, it was certainly more difficult for, for patients and their loved ones. Um, but, you know, we're able to kind of get back to at least to some semblance of normal, you know, it's just a little less visitation um, and, uh, you know, face masks. But otherwise, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, we can at least get to you in person and, and take care of you, you know, the way that we want to. Absolutely. And I, I'm going to throw this out and I want to see how many people do this to you, Dr. Strife. If you have to get surgery, I want you to ask, are you the doctor on the radio? That's what I want them to do. And I want to see how many people actually do it before they go under and you get your surgery done. But uh, I'll, I'll have to keep track. Yeah, of right. <laughs> we'll have to do that. Well, OK, so I still have about 10 minutes left with you, Dr. Strife. And, and let me ask you about what people um, are getting surgery for. You know, give, give us your overview of your services that you provide at the Butler Health System. Sure. So, you know, in general surgery here, our department, we do, uh, you know, general and weight loss surgery. And general surgery uh, for us covers um, a wide variety of different things. So we do a lot of uh, cancer surgeries here, colon cancer, breast cancer, uh, small bowel, um, you know, anything really that's that's within the the abdomen um, we take care of. We also deal with a lot of gallbladder disease, a lot of hernias, um, a lot of diverticulitis or people who have inflammation of their colon. Um, so we do all of that as well as a lot of uh, skin lesions, you know, so people that have a concerning lesion or they have a cyst in their skin or a lipoma or um, some benign growth or that they don't know quite what it is. Um, these are all things that we can do. And some of those we actually even do in our office. So you don't even have to go to the operating room. You come in, we'll give you some, you know, local anesthesia to numb it, and then we excise it and, and take it out in the office. So um, that that, you know, exposes you a little bit less because you don't have to plan to go up to the uh, operating room or the hospital. Um, so that's kind of, you know, the, the bread and butter stuff of what we do uh, from the general surgery end. And then from the bariatric end, um, there are a couple of us uh, here that do bariatrics, and we're doing uh, sleeve gastrectomies and gastric bypasses and revisional surgery. So people who have had, um, you know, prior weight loss surgery who may be having issues or need to establish with the surgeon because they just moved into the area. We're also seeing those patients as well. Um, so all of those people, you know, can come in and see us. And um, it's a, you know, we we try to put a lot of that information out online. Um, so it's on the website there at ButlerHealthSystem.org um, uh, to kind of look at, kind of list the other services that we do. But um, any any real uh, general surgery, um, really, we take care of here. There's very very little that we don't do. Um, here at, at Butler, you know, very, very select things. I find it fascinating in what you do. I, I find it fascinating that you can take part of a, a colon out and, and the body can still exist. You know, the body can still function in, in taking a gallbladder out. I just find that fascinating. Tell me from your viewpoint, what is the love of your job? Why why do you love doing what you do? What, what drew you to surgery? Um, well, you know, I, I've always been um, a big uh, fan of learning about how things work. Um, so I've always uh, really kind of tinkered with um, pretty much anything. You know, I, I learned about cars. I learned about electricity. I learned about electronics. I, you know, learned about doing all these different types of things about how things work. 
Um, and I always really enjoyed science. So it was, uh, so, you know, surgery was kind of a mix of both worlds because, you know, you, you get the science behind everything about how everything works and what's going on, and then you get to fix things. So that's the one nice thing about surgery is that you get to actually address an issue right away. So the nice thing is, is that if somebody has an infected gallbladder or a bad gallbladder, you go in, you take the gallbladder out, and they get better. You know, um, sometimes it's more difficult to deal with long-term chronic problems like diabetes that you know if you're treating with just medication, that's all you're doing. It's going to be a long-term treatment of medication. But if you do a gastric bypass or a gastric sleeve, then that person may actually be cured of their diabetes. So it gives us the opportunity to try to really help people from a curative sense because you can actually fix, you can identify a problem and address it with a pretty quick solution. So I think that's the, the thing that drew me about, you know, surgery once I was, you know, into the medical field. So what I really love about my job is being able to take someone's problem and make them better quickly. And, and that's a, you know, that is something that uh, you don't get to do a lot of times in a lot of other specialties, um, but we get to do it here. And I, I think that's what I like about it the most. Um, is, is probably that aspect. Don't you find that people just want to be functional? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, you know, I, uh, the number one thing I ask, you know, people, I said, well, what's your number one complaint? You know, and we focus on getting rid of that issue, you know, and if you can do that, well, then people are really satisfied, you know, because people, they just don't want to be in pain or they don't want to have nausea or they don't want to have, you know, they just want to feel well. And that is not an unreasonable request. So we do everything that we can to try to get you there. Dr. William Strife, Dr. Bill Strife with General Surgery with the Butler Health System. Just a couple more quick questions. Do you deal with the robotic surgeries? Do you use the robots at the hospital? We do. So we have the Da Vinci XI, which is the most uh, up-to-date model of uh, the, the, the robot system. Um, and the robot is really just a tool. So um, the one thing that I should clarify is some people think that the robots do surgery, but um, in reality, it's just surgeons doing surgery through the robot. The robot is a uh, an instrument that we control through a console. So it doesn't do anything unless we move it or tell it to move. It can't do anything else. It doesn't read your tissue. It's not intelligent. It doesn't know anything. Um, so we do your surgeries with the robot. But the nice thing is, is the robot gives us some added dexterity that we didn't have with straight laparoscopic instruments. Um, because a laparoscopic instrument can only open and close. But the robot has a wrist at the end of it. So you can actually move it like you move your hand. And that allows you to do things uh, intra-abdominally that you couldn't do laparoscopically. So it's a lot easier to suture. It's a lot easier to manipulate tissue. We can do much bigger operations, um, you know, laparoscopically using the robot that we might have to do open. Um, and that's been the biggest difference because you know, the less incisions you can make, the smaller incisions you can make, the easier it is for the patient. And that's been the biggest thing that we can do here. And, and you know, you can't, there's no more advanced equipment other than that robot right now. Um, and we have it right here in Butler, which is great. Dr. William Strife, I, I, I need to let you go because we're almost out of time, but I want to ask you your final thoughts. I know we focused a lot on how the hospital is open. You know, you have safe operations. You've put extra safety protocols in place, and I wanted to see if you could speak to that in, in your closing remarks or what you would like to leave with us today. 
Sure. I mean, my main message today would be that, you know, we are open. Uh, we're back to doing, you know, business as usual, all right, but just with the limited restrictions as far as face masks and um, other things. But we are doing uh, all of our surgeries. Once again, we're taking all new patients, and we're doing it in the safest way possible. And that is the one message that I would send to everybody is that, you know, we can take care of you safely without exposing you to the virus. And, and that's the key thing, you know. We're happy to see you and take care of you and keep you safe. And that's and that's the most important thing that I can tell you. And and you're in a schedule now, aren't you? You're in a routine now. I mean, it seemed like when, when we all were under this about three or four months ago, we all were in an upheaval. Nobody had a schedule. You, you, you now have a schedule down. Yep, we're back yeah. to our normal office hours. We have, you know, set providers in the office every single day, Monday through Friday. Uh, you can come and see us any day of the week, um, and we're happy to get you in and happy to get you taken care of. Dr. Strife, General Surgery, Butler Health System, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. And, folks, thank you very much for joining us for this segment of Let's Talk. We are out of time, but you can listen to this in its entirety on our website, WISR680.com. Pick programs, Let's Talk, and then look for Butler Health System. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Tracy Morgan with Let's Talk. The information and opinions shared on this program are solely those of our guests and do not necessarily represent those of WISR, the Butler County Radio Network, or its staff and employees.